Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 90, and today we'll be discussing our end-of-year lessons and the tasks we can do now that our future selves will appreciate later. We'll also be discussing some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment. We'll share a Work Smarter, Not Harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now it's time to share some highs and lows. Can I just share a little high that we're in the same room right now? I know. That's a high. I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm giggly because I'm just... Well, because we're drinking iced chai together. Woohoo, iced chai. And we're in the same room. There's no alcohol in this iced chai. No. And that's okay. Although it is Friday afternoon and it's happy hour, but we're going to wait till we're done and then we're (laughs) going to go out for dinner. So yeah, yay for things kind of going back to normal a little bit. Slowly. What, what, whatever. I mean, back to normal. Every day is a back to normal in some sense. I know. Sense that, 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 okay. That phrase is overused. I get it. So yeah. yay for us being in the same room. Cause okay, we're in the same room. Huzzah. Yes. It's no no one's, good. yeah, coughing or choking yeah. or throwing oh, yes. up or We are asymptomatic and vaccinated. So I, I think what's safe to we're say. We're more than asymptomatic. We don't have anything. <laughs> what does that mean? That means like I don't have COVID. Oh, well, right. Okay, that's what I mean. I don't mean asymptomatic. I mean, we don't have symptoms. I'm not, like, carrying COVID. Oh, hey, this is why we symptoms. shouldn't podcast on a Friday afternoon. Okay. My brain is dead. Yes. But. All right, so highs and lows. Tanya. Yes. What do you want to share? Um, I'm going to be um, a little general here. I don't have a very specific story to share, to share except for just to say that May is Mental Health Month. Okay. Okay? And my uh, the social worker... At our school, she led a staff meeting. We're meeting in person, our staff meetings. Wow. Are in a library, socially distanced, with masks on. Okay. And the whole staff has been vaccinated. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, so that was interesting. So we had a meeting in person, and we um, we read an article that I will link to that um, from the New York Times, and... It's called, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. And it just kind of talks about how m- many people right now are feeling not, you know, completely depressed, but definitely not thriving and somewhere in the middle and kind of meh in general. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, we could call this languishing. And it was just very interesting because it describes some specific things that I have been feeling ever since we went on um, lockdown this time, a little longer than a year this time. Um, And then I was talking to my principal today and she was saying that, that we might be finding that 2021 is a little more challenging than 2020. Oh, let's not think about that. Okay, well, I'm just saying <laughs> in I general. Just enjoy my summer and then get stressed out hey, about 2021? If, if you're not feeling the languishing, no, you don't have to. It's okay. Um, I'm just saying that it's Mental Health Month. Yes. And there's lots of resources out there. And I'm feeling a bit meh on some. Th- what struck me in this article is is they mentioned, like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you used to bound out of bed, and now you just kind of lay there for a while and that's exactly what's happened to me in the last few months i'm a morning person Mm. so usually see i'm not so that's i'm thinking that's not me ever (laughs) bounding 
don't think I've ever went bounding out of bed. Okay, I used to get up in the morning like early and do a meditation and, you know, have time and get, well, not get things done necessarily, like get ready for school in a timely manner. And, And now my alarm goes off and I honestly like just lie there. Mm. for a while so um i don't know is this a high or a low no it's mental health month and beware aware of your mental health and awareness um this article is not going to solve that but it's just interesting and there are resources all right all right so that's my little mental health plug i like it okay (laughs) also because i can't remember any specific stories that happened the last two weeks because my brain (laughs) we're very close to the end of the school year and i I just can't remember anything so that's another issue but onward (laughs) onward yes we have three weeks left wow all right well i have a story (laughs) a high story um so this week i am at my traveling school my second school and it's my last well, I have a two-week rotation, so I had a week last week, and then this upcoming week is my last week. Anyways, so I've been just kind of enjoying my time with these students, and uh, my third grade class in particular is very sweet, and oh, they love to sing. They love to sing. Yay. And um, the other day, they got ahead of me in the hallway, and they just walked into the music room, which is fine, because they can handle it, got their hand sanitizer, put their Chromebooks down, sat in their spot, and I had the first Google slide op- for our opening song, and they just started singing it without me. They are so well-trained. Relatively in the same key, we probably would have sung it in. And, so they've got um, some relative pitch going on. Yeah, and I just stood in the doorway, and I said, all right, I think I'm just going to take the day off. You guys just keep doing music without me. And then, of course, the super sweet brown nosy girls were like, but no, we'll miss you. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. But anyways, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was very sweet. And then... At the end of that same class, the classroom teacher came when she came to pick them up. She said, oh, yes, they're just singing all the time during math. And they've been singing. What's that thing you've been singing about that word? I don't understand. And it was Chickahanka. They've been singing the song oh. Chickahanka. But apparently they didn't explain to her what Chickahanka meant, which is the sound <laughs> of the train. So the poor teacher is like, what on earth are they saying? I'm like, this is what it means. So Aww. anyways, it was just very sweet. And I feel like. Even though I've been there, you know, just this year and it's my traveling school and I'm only there a short amount of time, I feel like I've made some connections with yeah. the kids, which I'll take it in this bizarro COVID year. Totally. And now it's time for our main theme where we talk about uh, this time around our end of year lessons and what we plan to do so that our future selves will thank us later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And this is a hard year to do that. But yeah. Cause part of me just wants to throw it all in the room, lock the door and say, I'll deal with this in August. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that my future self will. I, I might do a little of that. I have I to mean, be I'm honest. Not, yeah. Yeah. There are a few real. things that I, you know, I, Yeah. Anyway, but okay. what will we do? Okay, let's yeah. talk about our last lessons, how we're wrapping up the year. Because yeah. closure is important. It is, especially this year. I think, you know, we had a weird opening and we had no closure last year. So I think right. this year it's important to feel that. And, you know, the way our schedule is, Tanya and I, because we're in these two-week rotations, I've already had closure with a third of my classes. Me too. And then next week I'll have closure with the second third of my classes and then... 
the last week of school, the last. So it kind of feels weird because I kind of felt like I was almost in summer mode a week ago. And mm-hmm. then I went, wait, nope, got to do it all over again. I know, a week <laughs> ago. And I was like, this is our last music class. And they're like, what? But yeah. school's going on. I'm like, I know, but we're not. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't understand it at all. But um, but yeah, let's talk about. So do you want to talk about like last week or just last lesson? What do you want to talk about here? Um, you know, I think wrapping up last week for the older grades, um, for a few years, I have been doing more, um, I want to say project based, I guess they're loosely project based learning types of things. And I think it's a really nice way to end up, to wrap up the year, especially with like fourth and fifth graders, right? Because they get to this point, especially those fifth graders, they are itching to move on and like the regular structure that they've been, co- you know, that they've been through in elementary school for the last six years is is getting a little old for them. Oh, yeah. So I am lucky that I have a keyboard lab. I've been collecting keyboards over the years and so I have enough that I can set up them around the room, and I have a big enough room that I'm able to set them up on the periphery of the room um, and still able to do uh, lots of singing, well, usually lots of singing games and movement activities. And um, this year, I only set up 14 of my keyboards. Usually I set up like 20 of them. Yeah. Uh, But I did set up 14, so I have every day half the class is on keyboards, and I've been using uh, the Little Kids Rock keyboard lessons. Thanks to you, Carrie, for your oh yeah, those are um, great. input on that. And I'm, you know, I knew they were there. I just hadn't, hadn't right. gone there. Uh, so they're doing, they're following along with that. So kids have their own Chromebooks and they're bringing them. And it's a, it's a little awkward because they're listening to the, the video lesson, but they're also on the keyboard. Right. So they choose on whether they want headphones on the keyboard or headphones on the. Um, Chromebook, and some of them are laying headphones quite successfully. Layering them on top of each other? Yeah. So, like, they have one ear doing one and yes. the other ear. <laughs> nice. Yes. I mean, they figure that out on That's their own. That's so funny. It's working. It's a little bit, you know, I have to make sure that their keyboards are not turned up really loud. But, yeah. uh, so I have the cl- half the class is doing that. The other half of the class, I'm working with them, um, just taking them through some very basic soundtrack lessons, which have been awesome. Yeah. Um, and I just m- mostly just help them set it up show them what can be done and then I'm hands off and then I'm wandering around and I'm helping kids on Soundtrap and helping kids off the keyboard and it's been really nice because it's structured enough that they have a mission yeah but it's loose enough that they can let their own interests take over like I had a couple of girls on keyboards the other day who uh, really wanted to play um Britney Spears toxic. Right. Mostly the melody because yeah. the chords, it, it, it's very chordy. Right. Um, so I helped them figure out the. Yeah. Yeah. And so those kind of things are popping up. Love that. Which now, is really fun. Can I ask a, a horrible question for yeah. this time of year? Whatever. Are, are you grading these things? Is there accountability or are you past what okay. you want to grade? I am. Okay. I'm grading, but I'm not, I'm grading on 
are they doing right that? it's pretty much participation right like so yeah. so for example the girls who were doing the britney spears song they did go through the lessons that i requested them to go through mm-hmm. if i go over and i say and and i am doing going over and i'm saying show me a g chord mm-hmm. okay show me your one three and five chord position on c and they can do that so quick check-ins but not I'm like doing play check-ins. me this whole song thing. this is kind of like a pass fail thing sure. like I, I do have an, one student who is, like, trying to go on YouTube the entire yeah, time. Yeah, And that person's grade will reflect that. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a hard and fast. There's no rubric. Right. But is and, and with SoundDrop, I can just go in and see, did they do what I well, asked right. them to do? Or did That's... they make a bunch of machine gun noises? Right, right. Because they decided every instrument should play every, every single beat. beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very simple grading. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of similar vibe with uh, ukuleles, so I kind of was opposite of you. I did a very brief keyboard unit with just my sixth graders um, in my last rotation. So in this rotation, I'm using the ukuleles because they just got here. (laughs) So um, using a combination of little kids rock videos, you know, ukuleleans and other play along videos on YouTube. And um, what I'm doing is then everything that we go through together as a group then I upload the videos to Google Classroom, and then I just give them like 10 minutes free play at the end of class where they can go back and play old favorites, or they can go on and challenge themselves with harder music, and that's worked really well. Yeah. Because again, it gives them that little bit of that freedom to, to play for fun, basically. Mm-hmm. And I am kind of taking a grade as I'm able to observe them when we're doing the play-along videos just to see if their fingers are in the right chords. It's it's hard for me to really hear them individually to know if they're getting a good tone. I mean, I walk around and I get close, but mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to really know, like, for sure. So, I mean, I tell the kids it's really so much participation right now this time of year. It's just, are you, are you trying? Are you showing me that you can, you know, attempt it? Or are you literally putting the ukulele on the floor and lying down? Because I have a couple of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> But they're doing this in their class for their teacher, too. It's not me, and I'm not taking hey, it personally. Hey, no, hey, don't even. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so that's my fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Um, I will say I'm still trying to kind of wrap up, you know, literacy concepts with, with my other students. So third grade, we're practicing low law, and second grade, we're practicing Ray and the pentatone a little Ooh, bit. Ooh, you got to um, Ray. I did get to Ray. I, I mean, I plowed not. through. I'm not going to lie. It was a bit of plowing. <laughs> there will be lots of review next year. <laughs> um, part of it is because this is at my shared school, and I feel like a little bit more like I need to make sure we're all on the same page because next year those students might be mine or they might be the other music teachers. Right. So I feel that pressure of I can't just say, oh, well, I'll do it next year. You know, I feel that pressure too because I do have a school that I'm shared. But then I let it go because it's just not happening. No, and I know. And I know yeah. he would understand, and it's fine. But, you know, they're, they're actually – it's a very small group of second graders. They're able to get through things pretty quickly. That's they great. understand things very well theoretically. They're not necessarily singing in tune, but that's also just the sign well, of the Well, and that's developmentally and everything, right. yes. And then uh, first grade um, – we're practicing so and me, and we just learned how to put stems on note heads, so that's very that's exciting. That's very exciting. Um, in kindergarten, we're just kind of learning about 
big form, same and different, like listening for big sections and form. Yes. Now, all that to say, I'm going to really wrap that up in like the first few lessons of this week, and then that gives me a few lessons just to do fun things. Yes. So for my younger students, I plan on taking them outside and doing some outside games. I'm going to buy a big bucket of chalk, and I think it would be fun to do some like rhythmic dictation outside with chalk, and just, yeah, go outside. Take yeah. off the masks for a little bit, and... You know, not yes. when we're playing games. We'll still wear the mask when we're well, playing we're, games. But. Here in Colorado, <laughs> we've been told, is it everywhere? No, it's Colorado. Wait, it's everywhere. What? Being outside. No, in our district specifically, we've been told that when kids are outside, they can not, we can forego the masks. True, but if we're standing in a close enough circle that yes, we have to play a game, the then they need to wear their masks. Yeah. It depends on what we're doing. So. Right. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mention my younger kids. Um, with the younger kids, yes, I've been wrapping up some concepts too. Kindergarten, um, I've had so, my classes are like 10 or 12 kids. Yeah. So I have managed to get through all of my comparatives um, and rhythm and beat. But uh, I'll tell you, we are not melodic. Melodically, um, we're not, I mean, we, we know the difference between high and low. Yeah. We know going up, going down, but we're definitely not so mean or anything. Oh, no. And the in-tune singing that is usually there this time of year, not so much. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, but with them, I've been slowly doing more games that I usually have done by this time of year, mm-hmm. like um, because of the restrictions, like for Doggy Doggy. Here's what I did. I actually had, once upon a time, bought a bunch of um, blindfolds. Mm-hmm. And in normal times, I just use the same blindfold over and over again. Right. Well, now I just take three blindfolds. You know, they're cleaned before the the, thir- the kindergartners walk in. And so we play it three times. Oh. And I use the three blindfolds. And once they're all, you know, they're, they've been used, they've been I used. I just think I'll put their head down and close their eyes. I know, but the kindergartners, they don't. They cheat. <laughs> Well, it's a combination of, of of cheating and of not understanding to keep your head down until you hear, oh, well, I stole your boat, yeah. right? I so. give the kids one redo if that happens, and then if it happens again, I they don't honestly, get to be the doggy I anymore. honestly have kindergartners who really just don't, have not put that all together They get yet. all excited. They, they get up. very excited, yeah. yeah. So um, we've been doing some, some games, and so the last two class periods, it's been games, games, games. Yeah. That they want to do. Totally. And that also goes with first grade. First grade, um, we've been reviewing Ta, TT, and Rest. Um, melodic things, just like in kindergarten, have not been going as well. So, like, sure. I am very impressed that you got to Ray with second grade because that's not happening. Theoretically. In, <laughs> in my world <laughs> um, right now. And, and that's just, well... I, I feed myself mostly. Right. So I'll have to deal with that in the future. Sure. So, yeah, with the kindergarten, first, second grade, the last, I would say, one and a half class periods, it's all about what games do they want to play. Yeah. And, and I do that with my older students, too. We have yes. one big last. Yes, the very last day. Done with ukuleles, and now it's a game choice day. Yes. Last chance to play. And I think I've mentioned this in past episodes with my sixth graders um, at my home school that I've now had since second grade. Um, this particular group we always do a blast from the past day and I pull up song lists from fifth grade from fourth grade from third grade now granted they don't know all of those games because of course they change them up from year to year but there's always a few favorites on there right and that's why I have to give a little shout out um, to wheel of names yeah dot com okay I'm looking at mine right now Uh, because 
uh, it's a place where you can, and I know you say you use your idokio. Well, I just do it differently, but go ahead. Explain okay. how you do it. Well, Wheel of Names is uh, it's a web-based um, wheel, and you can just type in a list of things, and it'll make as many segments as you need on a big old wheel that you click on and spend. So I put it on the smart board, and a kid clicks on it. And the fun thing is that you can choose the different sounds. Usually when you spin it, it goes click, 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 yeah. But you can change that. Um, like, and then it goes, hooray, when it Right, I like something. the Bollywood one. Is my favorite one. There's what? like Bollywood is it music. Make sounds? Is it going to make sounds? It should I make sounds. I think you silenced your computer. I think you're right. <laughs> but I'm looking at it, and I like that you can add images to it. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's yeah. Great for so you see that lollipop drum? And stuff, yeah, you could totally. Yeah. If you were really thinking ahead, but I've been doing it on the fly because what I do with um, third grade on up is they come in and I through Google Classroom I send them a question. I say, "What's your favorite game from oh, music okay. class?" And then. Um, you can easily look in Google Classroom, all the answers, and then I just start putting them on the wheel. Got it. And then I pick someone to roll the wheel, you know, spin the wheel, and and it's just that you know, it's the novelty of it. That's oh just yeah, very they fun. love spinners. So the way I do it is, I have a, a list of games on the smart board, just a running list. It's a smart book board file, but you could do it on a Google Doc or slide or whatever. And I through iDokio pull up a spinner of the kids' names, and I spin the wheel, and whatever kid it lands on, they get to choose which game we play. Ooh, pressure. Yeah, or they can pass if they don't want to, because some kids don't like that pressure. Um, So, I mean, most of the time, the kid picks something that everybody loves, and it's kind of a typical favorite. Once in a while, I get a kid who will pick something a little odd that, you know, the rest of the class is like, ugh. I'm like, you can choose or not play, to play or not play, and they end up playing, you know, because whatever, they just do. But um, most of the time, it's the favorites, you know, that they like to play anyways. So um, so there's still, like, one kid choosing. It's just so much faster than, like, going voting or those kind of things. I used and to have kids vote. And what are your, some of your well. favorites? Because I'm looking at mine and... Um... Oh, well, older kids, oh my gosh, Big Fat Biscuit all the time. They want to play Big Fat Biscuit. They love any sort of poison pattern game, whether it's an oral poison pattern or a visual poison pattern type game. Really? They request those? That, they love those games. They do love those games, but for some reason, well, and like I don't give them the list. Like I let them generate the right, list. Right. They don't, they they don't, don't call those up. They call up um, Alabama Gal, We Are Dancing in the Forest, yep. Witch Witch. Uh, for my older kids, they love Bump Up Tomato. Yeah. Um, yeah. And doggy doggy, um, and snail snail keeps coming up, and I'm well, like, well, because the kids, parachute, they want to do the parachute. Kids, I'm sorry. Yeah. In COVID times, we can't wrap up people in parachutes. And, yeah, they wanted yeah, to play gonna... cut the cake, and it was a bad day outside. We couldn't go outside that particular day. It was raining, and I was like, nope, not gonna happen. Sorry. Um, I am you know, scared of cut game. the cake. These oh well, yeah, days. you've had bloody. I've had blood things, bloody teeth. Yeah. Yeah. My kids just love elimination games, so, like, the younger kids, they still want to play Apple Tree and BB Bumblebee, which I just straight up play by using the attendance feature on Class Dojo. Right. So they're little monsters, and I'll tap their monsters with the beat, and they're standing up in their spot, and when their monster gets out, they sit down. Oh, wow. Oh, we do this in person, and they think they still think it's the <laughs> I knew you were Zooming for... that, but... Oh, no, I'm doing that in person, too. That's how we play Apple Tree. That's how we play BB Bumblebee. The older kids, we play Tarzan the Monkey Man that way. Really? Where at the end, the one kid gets to pick the color, and then we spell it out. 
they still think it's amazing. This is just shows how hard up they are for entertainment because <laughs> I think it's the most boring thing and they choose it. Also good time. to know that when your knees go bad that you won't have to run around with a bee puppet. No, but it's so boring because I'm just like sitting there tapping these monsters on the oh. board. I, mean, I just think it's hilarious. That makes me a little sad. I, I'm sad for them too, but you know, I always then if when you get out, there's usually an instrument or something to do. So that's part of the fun too, is they get to they get to sanitize their hands. They get to play and then go to a sanitizer. Or an apple drum. shaker or a bone whacker. I don't know something. They're, who I, knows? Yes. They're so goofy. No, so. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like. No, I agree. I think it's bizarre. I, I don't mean to harsh that vibe because if they're into it, that's I was great. shocked. Yeah, I mean, I had the whole list up there, and the first game the fifth grader played was like. I want Tarzan the Monkey Man, and they all want yes. I mean, it wasn't like oh, we. <laughs> and you can't, and you can't lay your hands, and they're not doing that. No, we're it's not just, doing the past the class. Just, just tapping like, on icons. Doing it attendance <laughs> on. <laughs> so, they just want anything that feels oh. like a game, you know. Yeah. It's still fun because they're still like getting out, and they, Tarzan the Monkey Man. We've talked about this game before, and I can try to find it in our show notes and link to it, but. The idea of then they, the la- the kid who gets the last beat picks the color, and then we count up the color, they're still strategizing. They're still looking at, on, on the class dojo, they're still counting on in their head who they're going to get out. But there's no physicality No, there. but they still think it's hilarious. They're like, red, ha ha, and they like point to the kid who's about to get out, because they know, you know? Oh, okay. It, I, That's... I don't know. My kids are weird. What the, can I say? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's the COVID times uh, way to go. It is what it is. But hey, you know what? Next year, when we do have some more... to clap hands. When oh we're God. actually, like, putting hands together They're and, like... Flip out in a good making, way or a bad way. I yeah. Making clapping predict. patterns. They're just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it might initially be like, oh my gosh, I'm touching people. Right. But it might also be like, wow, like... This is okay. We're moving and yeah. and touching and yeah, yeah. Um, that's gonna be a big question mark next year, right? Are they gonna freak out? Well, whatever it is, we'll deal with we'll it. We'll deal with it. We've dealt with it already. Yeah. So all right. All right. Well, that wraps up the year. So now let's talk about those days that you now know, that you're alone in your room, which for us is a whole whopping day. Do you close the closet? Day and a half and run away? No. No. Okay. So you want to. This is the what we're calling do now, thank yourself later section. Yes, this is. Do now, thank so, yourself later. I haven't done it yet, but my plan is <laughs> to create basically a big spread. Okay, well, here's what I'm actually going to do Pro- I ha- in my head what I'm going to do. So I have my whole yearly plan mm-hmm. on one Google Sheets thing. I can see every grade and what concepts I was wanting to do right. in each rotation. That makes me sad when I look at... Not yours. But well, no, so I'm going to make a copy, mm-hmm. and then on and my then second line copy, all over I'm going to redline, or a couple times I might add a few things that I threw in last minute, and I was like, oh, we can throw this in. Um, and then either, not necessarily on that document, although I might add different tabs on the same document, then I want to create a song list. Oh my gosh, you're so fancy. I want to create a grade level song list of every song. That I did in that particular grade. Yes. So next and that year is when I go to plan, to I'm going to know, oh, and that doesn't mean that I can't do that song in the next grade. It just means it'll be a review song, not a new song. Right. Which is just a different process of teaching. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, and I and I have plans to do this as well. Um, oh, additionally, and I did not do this with the group of kids that I just finished with because I had thought about it, then I let it go. Um, but I think I'm going to do it with the last two groups of 
of kids that I have not yet said goodbye to, I'm going to make a survey. And see what? And see um, mostly for the older kids because that's where I've been doing different things this yeah. year. Like a lot of different things. And and I want them to say what just, they like. Yeah, I want some feedback on, hey, rate um, how you felt about ukuleles, for right. example, because that's the first year we've done that. Yeah. And this is the first year that I've spent as much time as I did on um, quote world musics or musics from other places. Yeah. Right. So, or musician of the day. Yeah. That's another thing. I want to make a, a master list of all of the musicians of the days and the specific songs we listen to of each of those musicians. Because even if I recycle a musician next year, I want to just choose a different song. By yeah. The same I've been musician. doing a good job of making slide decks yeah. where I have the videos on the slide decks after the bio. Right. Of whoever it is. Something I did, um, like when we were doing in March, we did all female musicians for Women's History Month. Then I took all of those slide decks of each of those women and their performance, and then I put them in one big slide yes. deck. And then, because the kids asked for it, mm-hmm. they said, Can you put this in our Google Classroom? And I was like, Oh, well, yeah, of yeah. course. And that was great for me because it helped me organize. So, like right now, we're doing um, AAPI musicians for May. So, I'm going to put them all in one slide deck. Right. And even though by the time I finish it and upload it, the year will be done, it'll be good for me to have for next year. Exactly. And I did the same thing because I got requests from my kids. Except for I did take out the Beyonce video that a parent, you know, had to have a long, (laughs) hour long conversation with me about. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Um, So, what else are we doing? To thank our that we will thank ourselves for later. Um, Making a note of our COVID favorites. Yes. So, so for example, tapping icons on the board instead <laughs> of playing for reals. No, that's not something I want to keep. Um, well, we did a whole episode about keepers yeah, from COVID. I think last I'll year. go listen to that and see what I liked. Whatever we said there. What we are, <laughs> but making notes of hey, oh well, here's an example: Sammy Sackett. Did I talk about Sammy Sackett? Perhaps. I always, Probably. I always tune it out because this song is just not my favorite. You and I have talked about this, but I'm not going to judge. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's a game where um, I know I've talked about this way too much, whatever. Just because it's such a fun game where kids would um, literally, like, hang on to my coat. Right. You know, uh, they would hang on. And... To my mask. <laughs> I started using hula hoops oh, instead yes. of kids connecting with hands or kids connecting by grabbing shirts. Yes. And the hula hoops are a big hit. And honestly, they're a little too close with the hula hoops for COVID times. Yeah. And we're doing that. But anyway. it's better than hands. But yeah. yeah if you same. have like three or four hula hoops, then they can be more socially distanced yeah. on a hula hoop. That's one of my plans. So that's for... an example of something that I like that way of playing it. I'll yeah. never go back. I'm going to do Let Us Chase the Squirrel with second graders to practice Ray and go outside. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play the game with, like, you, the kids make trees. And mm-hmm. then you have squirrels going in and out of the trees. Yeah. And you always have one odd man out or odd squirrel out who ends up in the middle using hula hoops for that. Yeah, I think I'm hands. just going to get a lot of hula well, hoops. Well, this is my thought because I keep borrowing them from the PE I teacher. And so, yeah, that's it's going to be a, a budget item for next year. And my yes. secretary will be like, Why? <laughs> I don't have to like, tell you why. The kids don't want to touch. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So a list of things that you want to do COVID style instead. Yeah, even COVID even style. Yeah. Um, all right. Purge obvious clutter is something that I should talk about because this is something that I need to do. And I, I put in there obvious because let's be realistic. 
someone like me who's been at their school for mm, um, a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> some of you listening, you probably were in elementary school when I started at my current school. Right. And that's okay. Um, I mean, for me, you're fine. But th- there's a lot of deep things, deep yeah. cleaning, not not cleaning, but deep orga- organization stuff that I should get to. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's not happening this year. Well, here's here's one thing that makes it reasonable if, if – if you're in this state, which I find myself in now as well, is I try to one year pick one area to right. organize. Exactly. So like last year, it was my mini erasers. <laughs> it's like, dang it, I'm going to organize my mini erasers. And I got a bunch of those little portion cups, you know, like salad dressing cups. Yes, but where did you and put those? In, in another a container. Shoebox. In a shoebox. In a, in, a, in a plastic one, they're a dollar at King Super's right. grocery store. Right, and then store. you have to label the hell out of it, right? And then you label those, Sorry. and then they Excuse all me. fit on on the shelves in my closet. Right. Because I do have a nice size closet that I can do this. But the point is, like, I'm thinking this year it's going to be, I have this one cupboard that has, like, all of my, like, bulletin board borders and old glue sticks yes. and stickers. It's like my teacher supplies. I'm going to clean that out this year and I'm not going to worry about the rest of it so right. maybe just pick one I've just gotten to the point that take those erasers for example yeah I've I have done that in the past I do have shoe boxes or what have you that are full of springtime erasers or St. Patrick's Day erasers or you know yeah. winter erasers and it's really a problem of there's no more reasonable room for uh-huh. those to go well, and yeah, and Tanya, that's called hoarding sometimes. Um, I've got a lot of stuff, so it's to the point that I really gotta like take some time and do like a big, huge overview of like where things can go. Cause I've got a lot of storage, cause I've got cabinets. Well, I don't have a a room. I wish I had a room. I like people have a little office where they have shelves. Yeah, I have like a walk-in. Closet. Yeah, I don't have that. I have like funky shaped. Um, closets against the wall like the right. wall is full of them right and you open them up and then you've got like a half a foot by a half a foot tall little right area to deal with so oh, yeah I yeah i've got to like kind of mastermind a bigger thing but so when i say um purge obvious clutter i mean as i am looking through stuff i can look and say okay well here's some paper plates from i don't know five years ago yeah. with rhythms written on it and they're looking a little sad right and those go away now. yeah 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 I have things like that too so. so yeah and yeah a deep purging is probably not gonna happen for me well Just... and I think there's a nice little balance too that I I find myself tempted this year in these days to be like well I can digitize that I can digitize that like I'm thinking worksheets and some manipulatives, but at the same time I'm like, well, no, no, because we we need to give kids those hands-on experiences. Well, and I don't, yeah, year. and this is going to be interesting to see next year because um, a few weeks ago I did bring out some manipulatives yeah. with some like fourth graders, and they were mesmerized, right? Because they've been so used to doing with the Chromebook that. stuff, and they're like, wow, yeah. look at this. I it's pick like... it up and I move it here. And yeah, it... like this is an eraser. <laughs> Ooh, feel it. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so more things to uh, thank ourselves later for. Um, well, this we goes said, along well, with it, but reorganizing what you what you want to reorganize or, or don't. Or, or don't. Or give yourself a little break. It's okay. Yes. 
Right. And can we also talk a little bit about digital organization? Because I know this is something that you talk to me a lot about off mic, being stressed about. I'm very stressed. Now that we're in the land of Google. I need a, I need a person to come and help me and just like. I can be that person. <laughs> you'd, you'd want me to pay you. I'm serious. If you saw I, what needs to happen. I'm a bit obsessed with my Google Drive and and folders within folders within folders okay within but folders. then finding them and naming them that's the problem that right so you have mm-hmm. to be consistent be, be consistent be be consistent that's the cheer um so yeah that's the big thing but then just remember google drive has a search function and it will find things yeah i know but i don't see i want to have things named okay. properly well and, that's uh, my big my big suggestion if if google drive is looking overwhelming Folders, right. folders, folders. If it was just Google Drive, that'd be one thing. But I'm talking Google Drive, smartboard files that I would love to. Yeah, I worked so hard on so many of these smartboards. Oh, I know. I'm not I've got go thumb those. drives. I've got a Dropbox. I've got my own hard disk, my Mac that I've had for a while. I've got things hidden and everywhere. And do you have an external hard drive that you back up to? I have Let's an external. Let's talk about this. Let's have talk an external about backing hard drive. Up. Drive, but I, I, I've not been, no, no, I've not been using it. An external hard drive is of utmost importance. Okay, so we used to have a time machine, a right. big monster thing that would do it. The thing that's on my desk right now. And then it stopped. Yeah, I just noticed mine said it stopped syncing like today, so I got to figure out what's going on. But um, I have a separate one for my school computer that I use. And I'll be honest, I probably only back it up a couple times a well, year. Well, okay, I'm going to blame my age because it's I... It's not something we had to think about. It's not something... Okay, being a solid Gen X person, I'm telling you, I just don't still... I know I sound really old, but I just don't trust the cloud for everything. I don't... Like, well, right. Apple That's Music, I think, is the enemy, for example. Like, I tried to do Apple Music a few years ago and didn't realize they were going to just steal all my music off of my hard drive and throw it on the cloud and say, here you go. You can have it if you can get on the cloud. You can have it anytime. Right. And that is, like, terrifying to me. Yeah. I want my music to play whether or not I'm online. That's ridiculous. Right. I can't believe that. I mean, I still have records. I still have I have cassette tapes. It's true. There's a lot of CDs. Right I know. I have lots of CDs. <laughs> but I just don't trust anybody who says, yeah, just stick it all on the cloud. No, no, no. I right. need a hard copy. Give me my hard copy. I mean, so I'm kind of, yeah. I, I've got one foot in the hard copy land and one foot in the, all right, I'll do everything on the cloud land. I just, it's a challenge. I know. I'm old and old school and I'm working on it. Well, my rule of thumb is if it can be Google-fied, so if it's something that can be a Google Doc or a Google Slide or a Google Sheet, great. But like my smartboard files, those are still smartboard files, and I'm not going to recreate those. See, I want those recreated on Google because... It's going to take forever, though. Yeah, but the smartboard technology is not working so well. It works on mine still, so until they take it out of my cold, dead hands, everything's going to stay in Smart Notebook. I, I, I like do you, I love Smart Notebook, so and I think it's really interesting how much tech has come along to try to make things like right. Smart Notebook already is. They did it forever. Ago. Yes. All right, so let's move on to our last little advice, which is, as much as we want to, especially this year, check out, turn off our brains, and just enjoy summer. You know, 
it, it's a balance for me. I mean, yes, downtime is extremely important. Family time is extremely important. Me time is very important. But we also know that we are professionals. And there are times where we can dig into things in the summer that we can't dig into during the school year. Yeah. So all that to say, there's lots of amazing trainings out there. Mm-hmm. Tanya and I teach at one of them. <laughs> so whether it's ORF training or Kodai training or whatever, Dahlkreis training, whatever training you are interested in getting, um, things are happening this summer. Now they are happening many places online. Our training at Colorado Kodai Institute is online. There are some that are able to be in person. It all depends on the restrictions of the state and of the institution. Um, all that to say, we'll, we'll link to some things in the show notes, like we'll link to Oak's list of all of the um accredited you know programs and things like that but don't discount training and you know part part of it is this summer might be if you've always wanted to get training but the travel piece was too much for you and you don't mind learning in an online format this actually might be a great year to get some training yes that you wouldn't you would normally have to travel for exactly Right. And then also look into, you know, little ad hoc things. So I know like a lot of Kodai training programs, in addition to their regular levels courses, are offering like little seminars. Like intro to Kodai or Kodai overview or World Music Pedagogy overview. Actually, I don't know what's happening with World Music Pedagogy. Well, I'm sure, but again, probably something. So, you know, there's a lot of things. We'll try to throw some links in our show notes, but um, just, you know think about something that you could do and not necessarily just to move you up the pay scale although that can be a nice thing but also just for you and and to refresh you I feel like we all need this summer this year um just to feel refreshed in why we do what we're doing and to me that's really what it's going to be about but through teaching levels right it's really going to be digging into reading selective writings of Kodai and really getting back to the roots of why we do what we do and then and how can we make it applicable to applicable to what we're going through right now? Exactly. And and there's going to be some purging, definitely. Yeah. Most of my materials that I oh, usually yeah. use with level one, um, Kodai, uh, yeah. yeah. And some incorporating some new learnings that, that, that needs to happen. Right. Yeah. And additionally, with this get training or take a seminar or something is there are books you can read there's lots of books that we've recommended over this past year and then some and that brings us kind of to our book study yeah most summers about it every summer actually since we've been in existence fourth one i i don't know i think it's our fourth one you always ask me these questions that I can't, that I don't have off the top of my head. Um, I think you're right. I think this is our fourth book club. So Music Teacher Coffee Talk, the podcast, we do a book study during the summer where we go through a book that we're really interested in and we read um, one or two chapters. And then our next podcast is all about that and our takeaways. And we it's a great to have this discussion because I need the accountability. And right. also, I learn best when I can talk through things right. with somebody else. So this year, we are reading Culturally Responsive Teaching in Music Education, From Understanding to Application. By Vicki Arlen and Constance L. McCoy. Yes. It's Otherwise purple. known as the Purple Book. Yes. But... That's what we call it in our world. <laughs> but not the 150 Purple Book. 
Oh, the rounds and cannons. The rounds book? and cannons book. It's yes, about a different size, though. It's about that color too. <laughs> Don't be confused. Um, we're not going to lie; it's a little pricey. But when we talked about this, Tanya and I, we just both knew this book has been popping up in our to-read list, yes. and it really, it really encompasses so much of what we've been trying to think about and apply to our own practice. And we just feel like it's an important book to read. And we've heard wonderful things about yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I seriously don't have any. Yeah, real training in culturally responsive teaching. Right. And it's way and, past time. Um, Constance McCoy was the keynote speaker at the OAKE virtual conferences yes. last year. Amazing. It so was again, wonderful. just I'm very excited to dig in and read it. Um so yes, yeah, so we're we have approximate dates of when we're gonna be podcasting. So we'll just go ahead and tell you what the schedule is. Yes. And then go you for can it. read along with us. So we are actually going to, after this episode drops, we're gonna take a break for the rest of the school year and until our next episode, which we plan to drop around June 13th. And that will be where we will discuss the intro and chapters one and two from the book. Yep. And after every episode, we usually put um, a question or, you know, just some sort of takeaway that we would like you to respond to. Um, We typically put it on Instagram and on Facebook. Yep. Just an opportunity for you to kind of be a part of the discussion, not live, but afterwards if you want to join in and have that conversation with us yeah so yes no no music teacher coffee talk episodes from the time you're listening to this until june 13th because we need to wrap up our school year and enjoy some family time before we start digging into this book exactly yeah so then on june 27th we will discuss chapters three and four and on 7-11, July 11th, we'll discuss chapters 5 and 6. While drinking a Slurpee. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and on the 1st of August, chapters, chapter 7 and conclusion. And then we are planning on having a Sunday, um, 8-8, August, August 8th, <laughs> uh, Zoom, where we would like to invite you, the listeners, uh, to come and discuss the book with us. Yeah. We're planning for 3 p.m., Mountain Time on Sunday, August 8th. Um, we don't have the Zoom link to send you yet. That no. won't happen. But These are just our musings and our ideas. This, but... It will happen, and we will um, keep you updated. Yeah. We would love to see you and hear you and have, like, a, rou- a rousing discussion. Yeah. So um, we will right before link, school starts again. Yeah, we will link to where you can purchase the book, and we hope you will read along with us this summer. Yep. So now it is time to talk about knowing better and doing better, things that we are reevaluating, rethinking, and putting into play into our own practice in our own classrooms. So Tanya... Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So Carrie and I have been involved in a different um, book study, book group with our district. And we've been reading, um, oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting the title. Oh, it's right there. It's right there. There it is. Music Education for Social Change by Juliet Hess. Um, And we've been going through that with some other music teachers in our district. And we've been led by a wonderful teacher, Emma. Yay, Emma. Yay, Emma. And when we have these discussions on Zoom, Emma has been really great at guiding us. And she has been setting up a jam board for each chapter where people can just, like, 
put down quotes that, that really struck them or just wonderings or anything. And so I'm just going to read somebody's comment, and I'm not going to attribute to who wrote it because it was anonymous. Oh, okay. Um, but something that really hit home for me. I want to dive more into the differences between multicultural education, social, social justice education, and the larger umbrella of culturally responsive pedagogy. I feel many music teachers, myself included, are in the multicultural uh, education lane. Yeah. I would benefit from more concrete examples on how to bring the other two into my classroom, especially at the primary level. Um, I didn't write that, but yeah. Okay. So here is my no better, do better. I'm, it's, it's not a very, it's not a specific concrete action. It is my experience right now is that I keep, um, bopping around with these different ideas and just kind of getting some shallow understandings of them. And I think it's really important for myself and maybe for you as well to really do more of a deep dive, which is another reason why I'm so glad that we picked this culturally responsive teaching in music education uh, book, because that is my focus for this summer. I'm not, that's not to say that, Ooh, multicultural music, not listening to you right now. It's not that it's that I think that I've been trying so hard to absorb all the things that I really don't have a solid grounding in any of the things so my no better do better is that I'm really going to be intentional on focusing on culturally responsive teaching yes for the next you know couple months oh yay me too And now it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. Carrie. Yeah. You're working smarter. Yeah, I'm trying. So um, I've been doing a lot of melodic work with my students. I mentioned earlier third grade is practicing Lola and second grade is practicing Ray. And, you know, we are doing some singing, but I'm also trying to keep the singing kind of to a minimum. Um, So we've been doing a lot of things on barred instruments, students playing different melodic patterns from different songs, improvising, things like that. Um, And a tip that I don't know why it took me so long to learn this, and I don't remember exactly who I learned this from. Maybe it was you, Tanya. I don't remember. You know, with with the barred instruments, the orf instruments, I would typically remove bars completely or, like, tuck them in so they're at an angle. Mm -hmm. But then they're always sticking up and Mm -hmm. they fall out and the kids are distracted by them and blah, blah, blah. Somebody told me, just flip them over, upside down. So you (laughs) see the divity side. So you see the divity side and you don't see the letter name. And that's Mm -hmm. equivalent to taking them off. And, you know, especially for second, third grade. And when I do things with younger students, sometimes I do physically remove them. Uh, So they're completely gone. But second grade up, they can handle that just fine. And so that's a huge time saver because I'm not having to deal with picking up bars when they fall down and things like that. It's just all right there. And then the other thing um, that's been a time saver this year, because I have my classes, you know, even though we have some transition time between I'm spraying this and I'm cleaning that and I'm wiping mallets. So I'm being very careful thinking about the tonality of my songs that I'm going to be doing. So when I have third grade and then I have second grade back to back, I'm thinking, okay, third grade, I'm practicing low law. So I have to be careful that my dough is high enough that my low law mm-hmm. is going to be in a good spot. But also second grade, they're doing, you know, dough to 
to regular, you know, pentatone, basically. So, like, F major is going to say, do, <laughs> F do is yeah, my F favorite. F do is perfect because we can low la and it's a D and it's not too low, and mm-hmm. we can high la on a D and it's not too high. And, um, but just, I, I'm being intentional. And you can bordune with that low C and you don't even have to call attention exactly. to it, but you can just, like, you know, keep a steady beat on right. your low C and your F. Right. You're so, it's just this idea of when you have classes back to back and you think you're going to use the barred instruments between two classes and not have time to change and and I mean sometimes I have kids flip bars and do those kind of things but I'll be honest this year I'm just not having kids touch the bars because that's less of them touching things yeah I only want to wipe the mallets so since I'm the one setting up the instruments and having them play I'm thinking very carefully about the tonality of my my songs between classes awesome So now it is time for our CODA section where we recommend something for in or out of the classroom. And other than recommending reading culturally responsive teaching and music education, what else are we going to recommend for people, Tanya? Okay. So, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading lately, but one thing I wanted to do is get back to reading with my daughter. Um, and we listen to audiobooks on long trips and stuff, and, and those are usually uh, things that the whole family can listen to, but they're not usually meant for children. So I thought, you know, maybe we should read a book that's actually, like, meant for my, my daughter's age. And, okay. and she is um, 11 years old. Uh, so she's in middle school, and um, she's actually uh, one of the youngest in her class you know so we went that she was born in in a september september 2nd so we had a big choice on whether to make her one of the youngest or one of the oldest and for what it's worth now she's one of the youngest kids and academically that works um socially not as much so she's still really into middle grade fiction okay okay so i don't know where i think i probably was um uh, a podcast i listened to um that mentioned this book. Uh, it's called Across the Pond. It's a middle grade book, and it's all about a girl, Callie, who's uh, she's got a little brother. She's eleven. No, she's twelve. So it's perfect. And she and her family move to Scotland because her parents inherit inherit a Scottish uh, castle. Ew. Because they went to school in Scotland and they lived like on the land of Lady. Weddingsworth, I can't remember her name. <laughs> anyway, and she had no family, and then when she passed, she left this castle to her parents. And so her parents, who were living in San Francisco, they just decide that they're going to move to Scotland, take the kids, and, like, um, fix up the castle and make it a tourist destination. And so now Callie is, like, making friends in Scotland and having adventures. I mean, they're very quiet adventures. It's not like <laughs> there's – it's not, you know – there's nothing too out there, but uh, this character is very similar to my daughter, okay. which was just kind of like a happenstance. Aww. But it's been—it's just a really well-written book, and we like the excitement of being in Scotland, living in a castle, and nice. it's just been a, a really fun read. It's a very recent book. I think it came out in March because um, I looked for the audiobook, and it doesn't exist right now. Okay. So it's called Across the Pond, and um, I did have the author... 
Oh, if you follow me on Goodreads, and you could, um, you could see that. Oh, Joy McCullough is the author of Across the Pond. And it's just a, been a fun read. And I enjoy middle grade books, even yeah. if I'm not reading them to my daughter, because a, a good book is a good book. Yes. So there you go. Nice. And how about you? What are you enjoying? Oh, well, you know, me and my, my murdery things. So I, I've <laughs> already recommended this podcast, Murder Ballads. Oh, yes. Which can only ballads. be found on Spotify. So if you're not a Spotify person, I'm so sorry. Um, but I there's not that many episodes. And I, I finally listened to the episode about In the Pines, the song In the Pines, otherwise known as... Um, where did you sleep last night? Right. Um, the Nirvana song. Right. So that led me down a rabbit hole because one of the versions they played was by a musician named Fantastic Negrito. Oh, yeah. Who I, I feel like I'd heard of loosely, but I did a deep dive. And I've just been listening to a lot of Fantastic. My husband's a big fan of Fantastic oh, Negrito. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, I know he's been out for a while, but um, really great Tiny Desk concert that I'll link to. And then just any albums by fantastic negrito are just really great so great when are you coming to. out with your um unplugged murder ballad you know <laughs> ep carrie oh i don't know there's already so much out there i just like to be a consumer of all the things um but yeah so that particular episode of the murder ballads podcast but specifically i just want to say fantastic negrito is fantastic cool yeah We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be kicking off our summer book club by discussing the introduction and first two chapters of culturally responsive teaching in music education. That episode will drop around June 18th. 13th. And 13th, yes. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking.